Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Today we're going uh, to kick off our core series. So over the past uh, year plus, we've been uh, doing a lot of stuff uh, here at ACF. Um, retooling our our mission and our vision and our values, and so with our core values, uh, we came up with seven core values that we are that are unique about us as we follow Jesus as a church. So, over today and then the following six weeks, we're going to be covering each of those core values one at a time. And the first one is the one that every Christian should say, "That's my main core value," and that's it's all about Jesus uh, because that's the 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 the, the main thing of all. And really, as we look at, at who we are at HCF, if we could give a big idea to HCF as a, as a church family, it's leading people to discover their purpose and the joy of Jesus, uh, purpose in him, the, the joy that comes in following him, the fact that it's all about being in Jesus. And uh, Psalm 1611 is kind of the, 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 the go-to passage for us that, that as, we, as, as we pursue him and we're in his presence, he, he shows us uh, what life is all about for us and what he's called us into, and we get to experience the, the joy of his presence in our lives. Um, and so as we, as a church, help lead people to discover their purpose and the joy of Jesus, we're going to do it by, by living out the mission of a Jesus-following church, those who are saved by Jesus and who call Jesus the King. Uh, so I want to start off with this passage today as we look at all about Jesus in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. And if you were at the men's uh, Bible study this week, we covered this in chapter one of Colossians. If you're at Wednesday Night Live, which we had a blast uh, talking about this and just having our minds kind of blown over the bigness and the awesomeness of Jesus, yet the, the intimacy that comes in him. Um, this is the main passage here. I titled it, in your Bible, it's probably titled Christ is Supreme or uh, the supremacy of Christ or the preeminent nature of Christ. I like to call it the head honcho. Uh, that's just Scott speak uh, for you, but um, he is the head. And so I'm going to read Colossians 1, verse, starting in verse 15. Christ is the, invis- is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms And on earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together, like today. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. The Trinity God was pleased to live in Jesus. So he represents Father, Son, and Spirit. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Like to me, 
That's the best part of Colossians. Uh, in fact, this is me personally, this is my favorite passage of scripture in scripture. Like I'm good, like if I was on a desert island and I had to have just like one cut out, uh, I'd be like, Lord, give me that one. I'll take page, what, five, 950 in my Bible. I'll just keep that, I'm good. I mean, I'd rather not be on a desert island by myself. But, uh, but these verses here that we just read, they're all about Jesus. In fact, Colossians chapter one is all about Jesus. And when you think about it, the letter to the, the church there, the Colossians uh, church that Paul writes, it's all about Jesus. And keep going further, the New Testament is all about Jesus. And you know what? The Old Testament is all about Jesus. The entire word of God is all about Jesus. And everything that matters in life, whether it's huge like I just got married, or it's something small, like, you know, going shopping today, Lord, uh, you know, bless my conversations. Everything that matters in life, that matters, is going to be all about Jesus. Now, some don't know that, and some of us don't live like that. But the reality is, that's what it is. Everything's all about Jesus. In, in Hebrews chapter 1, the author there writes um, this amazing passage in, in verse 3 of, of chapter 1 of Hebrews. And he says, in essence, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum it up and add a little bit to it uh, from, from different versions. But he says, Jesus is the image of God's full glory, the Trinity God. He's the exact expression of God's true nature as Father, Son, Spirit. He holds the universe together and even continues to expand it by moving it forward through time. So he holds it all together, but then he keeps creating and moving it around. The, the, the earth moves and, and all the plants are moving, all, everything that's moving and, and the comets that are going in and out and all the stuff we see uh, out there and all the stuff we see happening on our planet. He's doing that all the time. He's always creating he doesn't leave it to happenstance. He's a creator and he lives in creative mode. It says that, that just by the power of his spoken words, called rhema, God is creating continually. He fully accomplished the forgiveness of our sins. He made us right with God forever. And he sits on the highest throne in the entire universe. And that's why it's all about Jesus. So for the person who has accepted Jesus' gift and offer of salvation, this is who you claim to follow. This is who you call your king. For saved ones, for those of us who call ourselves Christians, you can be a, a believer, a follower, a Christian, whatever term you like to use in, in, in saying it's all about Jesus in your life. Because this is who he is, what Paul wrote in Colossians, what the author of Hebrews wrote, my life, your life, should clearly be all about Jesus and everyone around us should always see that and hear that and know that. And the reason that our big idea today is that we love to tell a story in it being all about Jesus is because if my life is truly all about Jesus, then me telling a story helps fulfill the great commission that he gives you and I. 
He tells us to go near and far and tell his story and lead people to the Lord and give them a, an offer of salvation and, 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 and maybe mature them in their walk in Christ or, or help get them back on course if, they've, if they need a course correction. Telling his story is you and I as believers living on mission. It's living out our testimonies. It's, it's inviting others to know Jesus for the first time or, or be renewed and rededicated, recommitted in the following. It's loving people where they are. It doesn't mean we condone or agree with, but we love them where they are because they are where they are. I cannot hate them where they are. So my goal is if, if that's where they are and they're, they're off or they're lost, I want to love them to Jesus and not despise them for being lost. So that is you and I saying, hey, for the sake of Jesus saving them or maybe just Jesus ministering to them in that broken state or hopeless state, I'm gonna love them where they are. And it's you and I living generously, like Jeremy said, with our time, our talents, and our treasure, just like Jesus did when he walked on planet Earth. And us loving to tell his story is is when we get to live out the joy of Jesus. It's us enjoying this life and following Jesus. If you're white knuckling following Jesus, or you're bemoaning having to be here on planet Earth until he finally comes and, and, and burns up the bad people, you're missing the point of following Jesus. We're gonna all go through that at times, right? You know, uh, Typically, it's times when we watch the news and in, in we shouldn't be, right? <laughs> right? So we need to, we need to realize that I, I, should, I should be the most joy-filled, happy person on planet Earth along with my other brothers and sisters in Christ. And if I'm not, something's missing. Now, here's my observation regarding those who won't tell, don't tell, or don't like telling about Jesus. This is me. I, I wonder about your salvation. And not because I think you're a horrible person. But if Jesus saves you, and then, and you, you know who you were, and, and you know what you're saved from, and then you know what you're saved to, and then he gives you everything, and he calls you a brother or sister and an equal heir, and he does all that for you, and then you won't or don't or can't stand telling his story I wonder if it's really real for you. I mean, as I think about what he saved me from, my sins, myself, a Christless eternity, what he saved me to, and what he gave me in the midst of, and what he promises me, I can't imagine not wanting to tell people his story. Tell people about his story in me, what he, what he did in my life, what I see him continually doing in my life. I can't imagine not being willing to obey him when he says, go and tell, share, and love. Reach the lost. I can't imagine not following what my redeemer says to do if he's really redeemed me. So a person who calls Jesus Savior and King, who claims Christianity, yet won't tell his story to those who are hurting or lost or broken, bitter, angry, prideful, 
fearful. I can't personally reconcile the two. Like I see somebody lost as a loon or broken as a shattered, you know, glass vase or something. I, I can't imagine not being willing to go tell them about my Jesus who saves and my Jesus who heals. Now, praise God that in my limited understanding and in my inability to clearly see the heart of everyone, that I'm not the judge. I would not want to be the judge. I mean, I'll be honest, I love judging things, right? I'm a judge. I, I, I have an opinion. So, but I'm so glad I don't judge eternally. But I'm just saying that this is a very precarious place to put yourself eternally. Yeah, yeah, I, I, Jesus is my savior. Uh, I won't tell anybody about him. Yeah, 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 he's my king. He, he redeemed me and forgave all my sins, but mm, it's really awkward. I'd rather just, you know, if, if they find Jesus, I'm all for him. I, 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 that's a terrible place to put yourself. And Jesus says in Luke chapter nine, Something that's like, oh, kind of a little hard to take. Um, Luke 9, 26, Jesus says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, that covers it all. The son of man, he, he's talking about himself, will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. So please, I mean, please, Deal with this in your life right now. And it, you don't have to be the most eloquent speaker. You don't have to be the, the best at it. But you know your story. You know what you were and then what Jesus did and who you are. You know what, where you were headed and where you're going now. You know that. You know how he saved you? Because it's not like you woke up and you're like, I think I might be saved. I don't know. You know if you're saved or not. But if you're not willing and you won't tell his story, then your life is not all about Jesus. And, and that's a concerning thing. And I know that the unwillingness or, or the disobedience in, in not telling a story can be rectified in a moment, right? We repent. We accept his forgiveness. And then we just start talking. And we just sang the song a few minutes ago, I'm running out of the grave. Can you imagine, like, all of a sudden you're like, what? I was dead? And then there's like an opening, you run out of a, like, it's like, I'm not, I, yeah, I was dead, I'm not. So I'm going to run out of the grave. Can you imagine coming out and being like, I'm not telling anyone. I'm not going to tell them. No way should they know. They should figure it out. They should just figure out I was dead and now I'm running out of the grave. But we sang, I'm running out. I'm dancing. Man, we should come out of that grave excited and talking about what happened. I don't know exactly how he did it, but he did it. You know, I don't know how he came back from the dead after dying on the cross, but by the power of God, that's as much as I know, the power of God resurrected Jesus from the dead, and then we were all forgiven for all time. I know that. I don't understand it all, and I can't give you all the specific, like, this is what God's exactly did. I just know that it happened, and I can tell people about that, and then he offers eternal life to people. 
But if we come out of a grave, which any believer in Jesus has come out of the grave, and anyone who's not a believer yet is still in the grave, if we come out of the grave, we better be excited and joyful and talking. And so what I want to do right now, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand unless, like, during the prayer, you just want to raise your hands. But maybe you struggle telling people about Jesus, bragging about your king, talking about your savior, telling people who are angry about religion, uh, about Jesus, even though you know it's not the same thing, you just don't want to deal with their anger. Whatever it is that you deal with that might keep you from telling his story and living all about Jesus, I want to pray that, that you are empowered and encouraged by the living God to live out his story. So if you just close your eyes right now, all, everywhere across the room, and if you want to raise your hands, go for it. If not, just receive it. And, and when I'm praying, you personalize it and ask Jesus to help you, maybe in a situation or in just starting. But Jesus, we come before you right now, and we know you have saved us. Everybody in this room that calls themselves a Christian, a believer, who has placed their faith in you, knows that you did this work, and we also know that you call us to tell your story. So I pray that strongholds that keep us back, that keep anyone back, will be broken and shattered and uprooted and made dormant and dead right now, that nothing would hinder or own or capture or, or chain, imprison anyone in this room or listening online or watching that no one would be bound by the, the deceptive lie of the enemy and the selfishness of our humanity. Would you break through and help us to excitedly live out your story by talking to people, telling people, inviting people, loving on people, meeting them where they are and showing them grace. Would you break through the grave we maybe have put ourselves back into and help us to run out and dance as we're running and talk a whole lot. In your name I pray, amen. Now as we look at this all about Jesus story, I wanna do a quick rundown of the bigness of Jesus. It would take us a decade to do it all. I'm gonna give us some highlights uh, in being all about Jesus. So we, we know that he's at creation making everything. We, we read that already. Uh, a lot of us know John 1, um, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, the Word already existed. That's Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Jesus, and nothing was created except through Jesus. All of creation, the creation story we read in Genesis, all happened according to God through Jesus. He's prophesied about over 300 times in about a 4,000 year period and all of them he fulfilled. He came as a, a human to, to save and forgive all people. In fact, um, in Acts chapter four, verse two, now verse 12, I'm sorry, it says, there is salvation in no one else. 
God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved other than Jesus. He gave his body and his blood. The four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, tell about his life on planet earth and and how we are to live and act like him. If you ever wonder what you're supposed to do to be like Jesus, read the scripture and you'll find out exactly how to be like Jesus. Everything you face, there will be an answer for how to live it out. He promises us at the very end of the book and in Revelation that he will create a new heaven and a new earth that believers will live in with him in a forever peace, never having to deal with anything negative or painful, hurtful. Nothing bad ever will happen for eternity, he promises us. Romans 11 verse 36 says this, for everything comes from Jesus and exists by his power and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever. Jesus is greater than sin, death, Satan, your shortcomings, your successes and your failures. He's greater than your abilities. He's greater than your inabilities. He's greater than your fears. He's greater than than what uh, happened to you in the past. He's greater than what will happen tomorrow or what will happen a decade from now. And followers of Jesus can take heart. We can rejoice in. We can find hope in the fact that, that Jesus is constantly reconciling all things to the Trinity God And he will bring peace to everything. That's the Jesus that we believers call king or Lord. Whatever your term is, whether it's king or Lord, I like king. You may like Lord. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. But as king and Lord, he is the only one in authority in our lives. So we must now live to tell his story because we love to tell his story. We carry Jesus forward. We live out loud. We invite others to to know him or we invite others to come and and be in community with fellow believers and and, and see what it's like to to do life on earth uh, as Christ followers together. We pray for people. They might be like, I don't believe in your God. Can I pray for you anyway? I prayed for so many people over the years that Profess to not believing in God. Um, I, I think maybe only one or two in all the years did I find out later came to know Jesus. But like in their, in their setting, cancer, or broken relationship, or lost a job, whatever it might be they're going through, I, I love to offer to pray for them. I've only ever had one person tell me no. And I still told him I was gonna pray for him when he left. In fact, a few years ago, I had one guy, we had one guy come to the office. I think Susie talked with him and I can't remember if it was Ira or somebody else talking to him, and, uh, and he, he was broken and needing a little help, but, but didn't really want Jesus stuff, just wanted like air conditioning and coffee and maybe some help. And, and as I talked to him, I'm like, can I pray for you? And he's like, no, and he got up to walk away. He's walking down the hallway. I'm like, I'm gonna be praying for you. And we got to the cafe over there, and, and he stopped and turned around, and he goes, are you really gonna pray for me when I walk out this door? I'm like, yeah, I'm actually probably gonna walk out in the parking lot too. I said, I might just pray out loud. And he's like, oh, you're persistent. Uh, and I said, yeah. And he, so he goes, okay, just, then just let me have it all. 
he got saved later and started coming to this church and became a member of this church. He does a lot of stuff. He's gone a lot now. But every week he'd come in, he'd be like, I want my AC, my coffee, and my fellowship. I, I wasn't a jerk to him, but I wasn't going to be like, well, I, I guess this guy bound for hell should dictate my life. No, no. I'm going to love him where he is or whatever he allowed me to do. We need to show compassion on people. Remember what Abby Johnson said if you were here uh, a while back when she did the pregnancy center fundraiser? She said, the, lo- the lost people, they don't know what they don't know. And she was referring to those who are for abortion, which we stand for, for you know, life from, from uh, in- inception there, from, from when they're first conceived. Uh, but, but people don't know what they don't know, so we show them compa- the compassion of Christ in their suffering, in their moment, in their lostness. And they recognize there's something different here because there's compassion coming from something that is real. We're forgiving We're tender, we're kind. When the world would be demanding and pay me what you owe me and and dog eat dog and uh, better get out of my way, we live different because we live like who? Jesus, because it's what? It's all about Jesus. We accept people where they are. That can be hard. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. It's like... I can't accept her right now. I want to punch her. Uh, I want to knock him over and run. Uh, help me. And the Holy Spirit will always help you. The Holy Spirit will always help you act like Jesus. Always. He'll never be like, you know, I don't like that person either. No, he won't do that. He'll always help you to act like Jesus. We show grace. Like, what does that person need? What does that person need? And I, I show them grace. I favor them in what they need. Like we said a few, we, a few months ago when we were doing our grace series, what does that person not deserve? Give that to them. What did I not deserve? Forgiveness. I didn't deserve eternal life. I didn't deserve hope. I didn't deserve love. I didn't deserve any of that. And Jesus gave me forgiveness. And he gave me hope. And he gave me eternal life. And he gave me a family. I live with my fist, shaking at Jesus, telling him he's wrong. And he just came in with the hug. What do they not deserve? Give them that. That is you telling Jesus' story. It's not that you have to sit down and go, okay, I need the 17 verses. Uh, I need to be, you know, have all the answers to everything when they say, what about this inconsistency or that, you know, fallacy of the Bible? I need to have all the answers. No, it's not about that. Just be what they need. Show grace, show love. They throw a, a question at you, they're trying to stump you. You're like, hey, well, let me go find out more. I already know. Let me go find out. Let's have coffee again. Boom, you got them twice now, right? You might go, I, I don't know how to, be an evangelist like Jeremy. I don't know how to have a, an answer like Pastor Dan. I don't know uh, how to, to, to be like, you know, so over the top and, and, and loving people with a big smile on my face like Robert Tyson. I don't know how to do that, so I just not. Well, that's not the point. You just maybe learn from them or, and be yourself at the same time. Learn from people who do it well and be yourself in how God's created you and let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. 
Now, I get that there also might be some people here or listening who don't believe in Jesus, who, who doubt maybe that he's real, who, who question the claims that the Bible makes about him or, or question the, the claims that Jesus makes about himself. To you who don't believe or doubt or question, it's probably not all about Jesus. So me saying these things, you're like, well, I, I don't agree because I don't believe. I understand that's where you are. But I want you to clearly hear this right now. Jesus is real. He lived and, and, and did amazing recorded miracles. We have that. Like, if, you, if you're a facts person, I, I can throw facts at you till the day is long. But that's not necessarily going to convince you. Maybe it will. Maybe to help you to open up. I don't know. But he did live on planet Earth. He, we have that recorded. He did amazing recorded miracles. We, we have that uh, for us. He, his life on planet Earth, like I said earlier, fulfilled 300 plus prophecies. And get this, I think it's, uh, uh, it's gonna be on screen here. The odds of fulfilling just eight of the 332, I think, prophecies about Jesus are one in 100 quadrillion. That's 17 zeros. That's just eight. He fulfilled 300 plus. Well, okay, but one in 100 quadrillion. Like quadrillion's the next number after trillion. It's like our next debt. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Bad. But here's the thing. He's real. And he fulfilled all this stuff. At the same time, it takes faith. Facts will never get you to Jesus, even if a person's a fact person, a numbers person. There is a step of faith. And Jesus is right there before you going, just believe in me and watch what I do. But the most important thing I could say about Jesus amongst all the facts I could spout and story I could tell is that he loves you. He died to save you. He offers you forgiveness, freedom, and eternal life for nothing. You just say yes. By faith, you believe and begin to walk in. And if you accept, you belong to God forever. At the same time, if you say no or you choose not yet, know that there will come a day when when the Bible tells us that everyone will kneel. Everyone, believer or unbeliever, will kneel and call him king. It's a given. This is what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore God elevated Jesus to the highest place, to the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, In heaven and on earth and under the earth. So he's talking about all humans and all spiritual beings. So all the demons of hell, Satan included, will kneel in a humility form, that kneeling that says, yep, it's you. And then they'll confess. It says every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, King, to the glory of God the Father. So if you're here today or you're watching or you're listening and you've, you doubt, 
or you, you just have so many questions. You're like, I can't quite go there. Or, you know, I, I believed at one time, but I don't know if I believe anymore because, you know, logic, whatever that is you're struggling with. If you've never made that decision, like you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, you're in one of those two camps, doubting and, 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 and in essence lost your faith or, or you've never had that faith in Jesus, this is your opportunity. He says in Romans 10, everyone who believes in their heart, confesses with their mouth, shall be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it is a faith move. And Jesus is saying, I want to give you eternal life. For the Trinity God loved the world so much, loved you so much, that he gave Jesus, his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But you have to say yes. So I'm going to pray right now. Uh, and then I have a few questions to ask as we close. But I want to pray. And if, if you could, if you just, just close your eyes. And if this is you, pray this prayer. Make this decision. And then would you let someone that knows Jesus know so they can pray for you, get you a Bible, get you started in the Bible, uh, encourage you to, to step into a, a discipleship life. But, but Lord, we, we come before you right now. And, and for those of us that know you, we thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for being our substitute on the cross and for atoning for our sins. You, you came and you took on the sins that we had all committed and then you forgave us for those sins. You paid the price on the cross. You gave your body in our place and then you, you pour out your blood to forgive us and we thank you for that. And so for anyone in here who's doubting, they're, they're struggling, they don't know what's true anymore or they've, they've walked away, we just pray for them right now and ask that, that you reach them where they are. For anyone who's not saved, they've never made that decision, we, we pray that their life would, from this day forward, forever be all about Jesus, and they would live to tell his story. And so if there's anyone in here who needs to make this decision, Lord, I, I pray that they would say right now, Jesus, in your name, I believe, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And they would pray that prayer from their heart, in their mind, and even with their mouth. Jesus, save me. Jesus, be my king. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, help me live for you and you alone for the rest of my life. And we all say amen. So a few questions I want to throw out to us as we, as we go into time of worship here in a moment. And as you apply this to your life, because we want to take these core values, we want to apply them to our lives. So one is, what do you need to do now? In following Jesus, what do you need to do now? For a lot of us, we just need to start talking about Jesus. If you're going to talk about something a lot, let it be Jesus most of all. Start talking about Jesus. Start asking people where they are in their faith. Start asking people what you can do for them. And if they say something like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm kind of lost. Can I pray for you? Start talking about Jesus and, and turn every conversation into a Jesus opportunity to meet that person where they are. Also, who is Jesus to you? Is he your fire insurance that you made a decision 
when you're 14 or 17 or 22 and you just kind of mail it in? Don't let that be your life in Jesus. What do you need to change so that that's not your your go-to faith, but your faith is alive and kicking? And are you... Are you telling a story? And are you loving it? Do you enjoy talking about Jesus? Because if you struggle, man, just ask him to give you opportunities. If you're embarrassed, man, you gotta get over that. You gotta walk that through. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Get around people who are good at it. Learn from them. If, if I was growing up, wanting to play ball, basketball, that's the only ball worth playing. Uh, and somebody said, hey, you go down to that, that court down the street. There's a guy named Michael, and there's, there's a guy named Kobe, and there's a guy named Shaq, and, and there's Timmy D. Uh, and I went down there, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to. I like those guys over there, the ones that are falling over and tripping on their shoes. That's who I want to hang out with. No, if I wanted to learn to play ball, and they said, go and pick a group that you want to be like. I'd go and hang out with Michael and Timmy D and Kobe and Shaq because they know what they're doing best of all. So get around those who are doing it good and then just start to act like them while becoming who you're made to be. Would you stand with me? As we go into a time of worship, I encourage you, make things right that need to be made right and, uh, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you those opportunities to Tell others the story about Jesus because it's all about Jesus. Let's worship him right now with reckless abandon in spirit and truth, maybe broken before him or just jumping up and down like I get to tell people about Jesus and now I'm gonna worship this king of all creation. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.